Hey, Race fans, and welcome to PST Weekly, the official podcast of the Patriots Sprint Tour. I'm your host, Paul Harkiner, and this is episode 10. Cannot believe it. I really would like to uh, thank everyone so far for the support of uh, this podcast series. I've really enjoyed uh, talking to a lot of drivers uh, from many series and many divisions, and not just uh, for the Patriots Sprint Tour, but um, as well as some crew members. Uh, We've Leash Bay on tonight. Uh, Land of Legends track champion, uh, CRSA 305 sprint car driver, second generation star. Really good interview with Alicia. Um, we'll come up later into the, the program. And uh, However, guys, uh, I think it is safe to say that racing is back. Um, we saw the Chili Bowl take place last week. Uh, Kyle Larson was the winner of that. Uh, we talked a little bit about you know, just the event in general of the Chili Bowl, about um, racing and live events and kind of seeing it on Lucas Oil TV and Mad TV and uh, really good, uh, some really good points though, uh, shedded there uh, last week and also a really good interview with Matt Farnham. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I uh, highly encourage you to do so as well as all of our episodes that are available on Spotify and Apple Podcast as well as um, as well as the Patriot Sprint to our YouTube page. You can of course check those all out if, uh, if uh, you want to listen to it that way. That's completely fine. Uh, so Really good event out in Arizona this past week down there in the Southwest. Uh, nice uh, three-day event. You had a really good mix of outlaw and all-star drivers. Um, California and the West Coast was represented pretty strong. As, uh, as well as a little bit of the Pennsylvania Posse. Yeah, Lance DeWeese was there. And so um, Buddy Colfield, Buddy Colfoid, excuse me, uh, California driver, but however, was kind of racing out in the uh, Ohio, Indiana region the last uh, couple of seasons. He dominated the first two nights, and then Tony Stewart was the winner um, on that third and final night that paid $10,000. And so a uh, really good inaugural uh, wild West Wing shootout that they had. Um, so there wasn't a guy, though, named uh, Kyle Larson that was out in Arizona. He was uh, just taking uh, parade laps down at uh, out at Alltech in Florida. And so... Uh, Kyle Larson was the Lucas Oil weight model A-main winner at Alltech. And, uh, God, he's unbelievable right now. And three for three in a in a race car this year in 2021. And we'll see how he does in at the Daytona 500. But I know he's got a lot more racing still to do prior to that. And it'll be uh, quite interesting to see how dominant he can actually be. And could he be even more dominant in 2021? Um, I know a lot of sprint car guys and even late model guys, they can't wait for him to go back to NASCAR. But... Um, when he is there though, he probably will be a threat to win and at least a podium finish, probably no matter where he goes. Uh, I know his contract agreements with Chip Ganassi were about 25 races that he was able to do and they can only be a Monday or Tuesday. And so it'll be really interesting to see the type of schedule that he has to gather on the dirt circuit. Um, I'll be really intrigued to see how that will pan out and how much racing will Rick Hendrick allow him to do. Um, but other than that, though, he he's really flirting with that ghost status now, um, and it's quite astonishing, though, just because he has been able to win in NASCAR, and we'll see how well he does in a NASCAR, especially in a top tier team this year, uh, racing for Rick Hendrick. Um, so it will be uh, quite interesting to see how well he does, you know, going back to racing in NASCAR full time, and then also still supplementing his uh, schedule with. Uh, with a sprint car racing. And so, um, so as far as some other news and notes, uh, not really a whole lot, a couple more silly season things going on. You know, in the sprint car world, uh, I kind of saw Rico Abreu. He's going to be hiring, uh, Jack Haudenshield, uh, to race that Rico family race car. And then Rico is actually going to be 
doing a select schedule with Paul Silva, which, as many of you guys know, is who uh, owns the sprint car operation for Kyle Larson. So uh, a couple interesting things on the Outlaw circuit as well as the All-Star circuit. You know, we're, we're starting to see a couple more things. Uh, you know, I'm really intrigued to see how this All-Star, you know, roster is really panning out with Corey Eliason. And then you're also starting to see guys like Brett Marks, uh, Lucas Wolf, more Pennsylvania guys are starting to join that All-Star circuit just because it's more easier from a geographic standpoint now. And so, and you know, the series does pay 50 grand to win and there's a lot more bigger races throughout the season that you're starting to see. And so, um, it's a plus though, because you're starting to see more full-time guys race on the all-star season, but you're not really seeing the working guys. Um, I had a conversation a couple months back with Jared Zimbardi, who is a working racer and he just simply can't compete with the all-stars. So good quality driver like Jared Zimbardi can't really now compete with the all-stars. And so it, it kind of works both ways, as you know, it's from 410 Sprint Car Racing, because it is good for the sport, I think, to have two very, very good Sprint Car Series. And then when they combine at those big races like the Kings Royal and the Knoxville Nationals or Williams Grove National Open, it's it's quite quite awesome to see. And so um, on the 360 side, um, really the only thing that really kind of came out is uh, D.B. Franick has hired a new crew guy um, in Ryan Rumsey. And uh, really interesting to see that because the Rumsey racing operation has been done quite well on the uh, past series in 305 sprint cars. So seeing Ryan make that jump from a 305 now to being a full-time crew guy in the 360s, you know, he certainly does have big shoes to fill as he's going to be replacing the 2019 Patriot Sprint Tour Mechanic of the Year, Brian Zick. And so he certainly does have big shoes to fill. So, and uh, as any, most people know, Davey Franick will be uh, heading down south and racing that winter tour with the USCS. And so we'll try to have Davey on in a couple of weeks, though, to kind of talk about his experience uh, racing down south. And so, um, but other than that, let's uh, move into this week's interview. It was uh, happened to be with uh, Alicia Ruggles Bay. A really neat interview with Alicia. Um, kind of hearing racing from a female perspective, but also um, the racing relationship that she's had with her family uh, through our Ruggles. We talked a little bit about um, what it meant, though, to also race with uh, Danny Wilmis, uh, who was a longtime supporter of her racing endeavors, as well as the Patriot Sprint Tour and the, the uh, CRSA uh, 305 Sprint Tour. And so, um, really good interview with Alicia and, uh, you know, she became the first female in 2020 to, uh, win a track championship at Atlanta legends, which is arguably one of the most prestigious tracks in our state of New York. And so we kind of discussed all of that and what she kind of has in store for 2021. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, move into this week's interview with Alicia Bay. All right. Joining me on the phone now is, uh, the past uh, track champion at the Land of Legends Raceway, uh, we uh, kind of switching gears a little bit this week. Uh, we're going to talk to 305 track champion Alicia Bay. Uh, first off, Alicia, uh, congratulations on that championship, and uh, kind of how's the offseason been so far for you? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, the offseason has actually been pretty busy for us. Um, we started working on the cars a lot sooner than we normally do. We normally kind of take a few months off during the offseason, and kind of regroup and do our own thing but um we got right back into it this year and we have um four cars going together in the garage right now so it's been pretty busy yeah kind of recapping you know last season uh you know kind of weird though because you guys were able to get a handful of starts in racing weekly at land of legends though compared to a lot of other drivers that 
really weren't able to get a whole lot of racing in. So you kind of can grade, you know, 2020, and obviously it was a good one winning up winning that championship at Land of Legends. Yeah, it was a really great year for us. Um, you know, I I honestly had a really bad year. I blew up two motors, <laughs> and um, Dad wrecked his car in practice the first week out. Uh, you know, we really didn't have a great year. It just kind of fell into our hands, you know, that towards the end of the year, I heard, started having really good runs. Um, I stayed um, pretty consistent with my finishes. Uh, I don't think I ever finished out of top 10 this year. So, you know, having consistent finishes um, every single weekend and, you know, getting a few wins really helped me get the championship. And, yeah, Paul Cole, I mean, he, he stuck with us as racers and gave us a place to race, even without fans. It was it was definitely a different year of racing. But him as a promoter and all of his team that works with the Land of Legends, I mean, they all got together and they made it happen for us as racers. So, I mean, I have to give him props because, you know, a lot of other promoters for these tracks, they, they shut down and all these racers didn't have places to race. And, you know, he came to us and he gave us that place to race every weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess kind of also, though, what does it mean, though, to win a championship at a track like Land of Legends, you know? And not only that, though, it was a it's a class, though, that's been heavily dominated by your dad, though. And so just kind of take us through, though, what it meant to you, though, to win a championship at a, such a prestigious racetrack in central New York. Definitely. It was, it was, I mean, I, I made history there, you know, because I was the first female to ever win a track championship at the land of legends. So to being that first female to do that, I mean, that also put a huge role into it this year. Um, you know, racing with my dad at Canada week after week for the last eight years, trying to get a championship has been so tough. So finally checking that off on my bucket list has, has been high on the priority list. So I finally got that. But um, racing at Land of Legends, I mean, I've been there since the day I could start walking. I mean, I think my dad raced a sportsman, and he put on the side of his car, you know. Um, it's a girl, you know. So I've been... <laughs> to the races, I mean, even in my mom's stomach, you know, so that's that's my home. So to win a track championship at my home track that I've been there every single week, every single Saturday, um, definitely meant a ton. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we kind of move more into this interview, though, kind of, you know, you mentioned, though, you've basically grew up at Land of Legends, but kind of talk about your career as a driver, though, from where you started to now where you are today as a, you know, a track champion. Yeah, well, I've been racing pretty much ever since I was nine. Um, I started off motocross racing. Um, Dad broke his leg in motocross, so we kind of tried figuring out a different racing career. Um, then we started out racing 600 micro sprints at Paradise, and we kind of dominated in that in that class as well. So, you know, once you kind of win everything at a at a track like Paradise, I mean, I won amateur, semi-pro, pro championship, it was time to move up, and the class over there was kind of dying a little bit, and the 305s were picking up, so we decided to buy 305 sprints, and 
Um, you know, I've been racing 305s at Canada. This will be my eighth full year. So, uh, kind of talk about though. It seems like you see a lot of drivers kind of make that progression from a 600 micro then into a 305 sprint car, um, and then whether if they choose to kind of go into 360 sprint cars, which is you know the premier class here in the Northeast, though, but. How much can you learn from racing a 600 micro then, and then progressing into a 305 sprint car? Yeah, I think, I think every, every racing career should start in a lower class, which would be your 600 micro sprints. Um, but honestly, as, as a racer that has raced the 600 micro sprints, 305s, and I've raced 360s, I honestly think, um, you know, racing the 305s is a very competitive but yet somewhat affordable sprint car racing. When you get into 360s, I mean, you kind of get into the expenses of the motors and you have to travel and all this other stuff. But 305s, I mean, you we have a home track. And, um, you know, it, it is affordable. You can bring your family to the track. Um, but... I honestly think the 305s were easier to drive than the 600 micro sprints. The micro sprints, you had more kind of time management in the shop because there was more electrical issues going on in the cars, and you you had to be more pristine on the 600s. And I just feel a, the 305 group right now, and the, the cars are so much easier to work on. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, kind of talk about, learning how to drive a race car, you know, from a guy that's, you know, been racing Atlanta Legends for a very long time. And, you know, he's raced just about every form of class that's gone through Atlanta Legends, though. But um, what's it mean, though, to have a mentor like your dad, Daryl Ruggles, who's been so successful at Atlanta Legends for so long? Yeah, he he's pretty much the best out there right now, you know. Uh, and I, I had the best teacher there is I can ask for. He. He knows motors. He knows parts. He knows every every aspect of that car. And to have a guy like that, I mean, right with me in life, um, you know, you can't ask for any more. He, he's taught me how to race. He's taught me life skills. He's taught me how to own a business. You know what I mean? He's, he's definitely a teacher that you need in life. And I'm just fortunate enough that I have that. Um, you know, I can ask him anything, and he'll give you a straight-up answer. And um, you know, in in racing aspect, you it's almost in your blood. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can't teach somebody how to race, but if you're willing to be there and listen and take his advice, I mean, you're going to become something like that. So. He has taught me a lot in racing and um, being a father-daughter race team is pretty awesome, you know, because we were there at, at home with each other every single night and we work on the cars together every night. Um, we work in the same building. So every day and every week is something to do with racing. Either we working on race cars or we talk about how Saturday or we talk about what we can do better as a team, um, you know, we we can really sit down and talk about all aspects of racing. And 
he he's there to support and help me and if I have any questions, no question is stupid to him, so <laughs> I can really ask him anything and he'll be straight up and give me that answer that I need. Yeah, I'm but sure. When we race together, we're he's just another competitor out on the track. <laughs> you know, he is my father and all that other stuff, but when it comes to racing, he's just another racer. Yeah, and I guess though the competition, though, Land of Legends, but just primarily, though, your dad, though, um, how would you describe, though, when you're competing against someone like your dad that is competitive, though, um, based on experience and whatnot, though, uh, I guess when you see someone like Daryl Ruggles who might be in front of you, I guess what is your mentality, though, going up against someone that's really, really good at that racetrack? You know how I look at it as, he, he is a top racer there. So if you're competing with him for the win, you know you're doing something right. Um, me and him race side by side a lot of Saturdays. <laughs> and to be racing with him side by side and know how good of a racer he is. And, you know, you you feel good when you're racing next to him because you know you're doing something right. Yeah, for sure. And, and you were able to still travel a little bit, um, maybe not so much this year, but, you know, primarily with the CRSA Sprint Tour. You know, I know you mentioned, though, you guys do prefer to be kind of the weekly racers on a Saturday night track where, you know, your family is there. But how much do you think racing on a weekly track, though, Atlanta Legends, and then you go travel somewhere else on a Friday or Sunday after Sunday night, though, prepares you just because of how much seat time you're getting at one track and how much practice you're getting with the car? Yeah, I feel like a little bit of both, actually, because, like, I know we raced down, what, Five Mile Point, was it last year? Or Pen Camp. Pen Camp, Pen Camp. Yep. sorry. That, that was kind of a small track, but you, you acclimate to stuff like that. I mean, being at a racetrack like the Land of Legends, you are familiar with it. You know how to get around the track. You know, when you go to a different track, you have to kind of get your mind out of your rut of racing Canada and open up your mind and say, all right, this is a new track. This is what you have to do. And you're kind of relearning your mind. So it is fun to travel. Um, and I do like to travel. I think this year, if CRSA has, which they have schedule out, I think we're going to try and follow some of that too. Um, and I, I've raced my 305 with the 360s before, so even if there's some tracks that, or even if the 360s have races close by, mm-hmm. um, I'll probably attend that with my 305. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, I guess how much the, you have doubled a little bit racing a 360, and you've had some experience, though. Um, kind of describe, though, as far as the differences, there'll be kind of a 305 then, who someone, though, wants to move up into a 360 can you kind of kind of point out some differences there um i honestly think i just think my 305 i'm I'm comfortable with the motor i'm comfortable um you know with my car the competition in the 360s is so tough i mean there's some awesome guys um that race weekly with pst um you know my dad plans on racing his 360 at with the PSD sometime this year. And, you know, the car is the same exact car 
all you're doing is changing the motors from your 305 to your 360. Um, but some of the tracks, I mean, like looking at Outlaw, I can run my 305 against the 360s and still somewhat be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're in the same car. All it is is a different motor. They get off the corner or they get off the starts faster. Um, so honestly, I... I'd kind of start off in the 305s and then work, if you're bored in that, work your way up in the 360s, you know, but I don't see a huge difference in the cars because, I mean, I, my dad, the last night with the 360s at the Nationals last year, he was running fifth in my car with the, I was, my car is a 305 and there, he's running fifth in the 360 race. So, I mean, you, I just prefer running my 305. I'm very comfortable in the car, so. Yeah. And one guy, though, Alicia, though, that um, kind of has been a huge contributor not only to your racing program, but kind of also 360 motorsports and 305 motorsports here in the region was Danny Wilmus, though. And he was a guy that was a huge supporter of your racing program, and he was also a really good friend and a really good family friend. Um Kind of describe, though, the relationship that you kind of had with Danny and not just with you, but your entire entire Ruggles racing team and what he meant to you though. And how much did winning this championship this year also mean though, kind of honoring your friend, Danny Wilmus? Yeah, Danny, um, Danny is no longer with us. Um, he, he passed away, but he, he was a huge supporter. Um, he came to us a few years ago. Um, and we, we started talking and, he kind of supported us in racing. He did um, support us in the 360s. So, unfortunately, he's not here. Um, but he, he really he boosted our racing up, I believe, a little bit. Um, he was always there. Went to every single race that we went to. Um, a- as a family, we would go out to dinner with him on Tuesday nights to his favorite restaurant. Um you know, he he was more than just a sponsor. He was a person in the family. Um, but we miss him, and uh, we, we still race with Danny Wilmus on our cars. Um, and he'll always be he'll be that little angel on our wing, riding with us every weekend. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, Alicia, what kind of keeps you going though? Because over the course of your career, you've had obviously some really high highs, like winning a championship this past season, but you've also unfortunately been involved with some low lows and some of which have been some pretty serious injuries racing in a car, but yet you, and you know, a couple of years ago, you also became a mother. Um, what motivates you to just keep going and, you know, keep racing um, in this, I guess, rather dangerous sport? Yeah, um, I mean, I broke my back, what, seven years ago in a car? I hit the tree, broke my arm. So all that, you know, it's just a little bump in the road, honestly. You do something you love, you're passionate of doing it. Um, You know, I look at it as being a family sport. You know, my dad, my mom, my sister, um, everybody that I know, I mean, racing is, is a family to us. You know, we go to the track every Saturday, we see the same people. You know what? I do it for the fans. I do it for, you know, the 
the little girls that are in the stands that want to be like me. Um, you know, that, that stuff really kind of keeps me going. Um, I really do have a bigger fan base at Canadagua. And, um, you know, I also do it for my son, Logan. I mean, he loves racing. He's racing himself now. He's racing drag race. He's drag racing snowmobiles. Um, you know, that kid, he's out in the garage working every time. <laughs> every night that we're working on something. He's he's three, almost four years old. And he that's all he does. That's all he knows right now is racing. He makes racing sounds every day, all the time. <laughs> um, you know, this tonight during dinner to get him to finish dinner I had to feed him and say all right this is mommy's car going in for the checkered flag like that's all the kid knows he knows racing um you know I, I really do it for him um and being with family every Saturday and during the week it, it just brings our family together I mean that's all I know is racing <laughs> racing and cutting hair <laughs> there you go. yeah you know, and I, I guess I do have to ask that, though. I mean, your day job is also being a hairdresser, which I guess you don't really sometimes put hairdressers and race car drivers in the same mix. And, you know, kind of describe, though, I guess that experience, though, I guess being a hairdresser, but also being a race car driver, do, you know, is there any inter interesting conversations that ever come up with your clients? Oh, yeah, my clients think it's awesome, you know, <laughs> that I race. Um, you know, I get a lot of a lot of clients from the racetrack. Yeah. Um, but they, they always say, girly girl by day, racer by night, because, you know, I'm totally uh, a stylist and all that during the day. But when it comes to nighttime, I'm getting my hands greasy, dirty, and having fun at the shop. <laughs> um, so... It is two different aspects of life, but I bring them together quite well. I mean, my salon is in a body shop, so <laughs> it kind of it goes hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Alicia, you became the first female, though, uh, this past season to win a track championship at Atlanta Legends. And not, not only that, though, you're probably one of the lone females that have won a track championship at any of our prominent racetracks here in central New York, though. I got to ask you. Why do you think, though, there's not as many girls involved in racing? Um, I mean, we see a lot of girls that are certainly interested in it, but do you think there's, you know, I guess uh, I guess a perception, though, that girls can't race, and so maybe they kind of, you know, get get feared or not very – they're very pessimistic about getting in a race car, though, but obviously, though, you prove that. Yeah, um, you know – I think a lot of it has to do with family backing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have the family to back you, obviously it's not something. I mean, I feel like every female should at least get into something like this. Um, you know what? And it helps you lifestyle. It helps, you know, you, you understand life traits like working on a car or... You know, I I use it as a girl can do anything a guy can do. Um, and like I said, I mean, I've raced pretty much my whole life in something, motocross, sprint mm -hmm. cars. Um, 
you know, I don't think it's just a male-dominated sport anymore. There there are females out there that are doing really well. I'm just fortunate that I ended up getting a track champion. and I mean, hard work pays off, too. you got to be in the shop. you gotta you got to be focused and all this other stuff to be successful in a career. And racing is definitely a second career for me. Yeah, for sure. And so you, you know, you ended last season with a track championship though, but I guess what, what's the next step though, as far as how are you going to measure success in 2021? Is it another track championship or just winning more races or what are the goals for, you know, Alicia Bay in 2021? Um, I haven't really thought about my, my goals, goals. I mean, definitely a track championship would be nice because, uh, 305s I heard are getting a lot more cars the land of legend so you know our competition level could be um moving up a little bit um you know trying to stay in front of dad is (laughs) is hard enough on a weekly basis but um you know just trying to finish and be be consistent through the year i guess is my main goal um maybe starting the year off a little bit better than what i did last year um you know, like I said last year, our, my season wasn't great, I didn't think. Um, like I said, I blew up two motors in one night. Um, so definitely um, we're, we now have a, a full-time crew guy pretty much um, that's been working at our cars. He comes to the house three nights a week, and he's there all day, all night. Um, so I think our our racing program has upped its game this year mm-hmm. in the off season. Um, so let's hope that shows off on the track. Yeah, well, hopefully we do are able to kind of see you, you know, start in the spring of 2021. Uh, Alicia, thank you very much, though, for your time uh, this week. And uh, hopefully we can see you guys at the racetrack uh, at Land of Legends as well as some other tracks, though, you might hit with in CRSA in 2021. Yeah, thank you for having me. That interview was brought to you by CBP Media. CBP Media, formed in 2017 by Patriot Sprinter photographer Curtis Berlou. Uh, he specializes in everything from excellent photography to graphic design, logo design, PR help, video services, you name it, to take your marketing and sponsorship levels to the next level. Be sure to contact Curtis Berlou at cbp-media.com. would also like to thank Mike Off Motorsports, the official parts supplier of the Patriot Sprint Tour for also being a proud partner of PST Weekly as well as the Patriot Sprint Tour. From micro sprints to 305s to 360s all the way up to 410s, Mike Emhoff has quality products in his uh, inventory for your race team. So simply be sure to contact Mike Emhoff Motorsports. You can visit him online and check out his inventory at MikeMhoff.com. Before we conclude this evening's podcast, I do want to send my thoughts and condolences to Robert Bailey, a.k.a. Potato Bailey. Robert was a longtime fixture of our Patriot Sprint Tour organization, being a longtime crew member for some of the drivers, even from the Patriot Sprint group, such as Gary Troutman. Uh, He also was a part of the Breen racing team, as far as Blake and Bobby, and then as well as a former series champion, uh, Scott Cruder. Um, yeah, Potato Bailey was whenever we visited primarily out west, whether it was at Erie Speedway or McKean County or Rantonville, you knew you could always uh, count on running into uh, Potato Bailey. And so uh, he will certainly be missed. 
Um, you know, he, he's just one of those guys, though, that just kind of makes this sport so special. And uh, we uh, unfortunately lost him uh, last Tuesday on the 19th. And so on behalf of everyone on the Patriots Sprint Tour, as well as everyone of the uh, racing community in the 360 Sprint Car Organization, we would like to send our thoughts and condolences once again to Robert Potato Bailey. Thanks once again for listening this week on PST Weekly. Of course, be sure to log on to PatriotSprintTour.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Patriot Sprints for upcoming news, standings, racing recaps, everything in between. Uh, be sure to log on to PatriotSprintTour.com. Uh, my name is Paul Harkner, the host of PST Weekly. Uh, thanks once again for tuning in to Episode 10. Looking forward to uh, seeing you guys next week for Episode 11. Have a great week, everyone.